It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Hello and welcome to another edition of They Came to Play, the podcast where Danny McGinley and I dissect the weekend's action in the AFL. Hello, Danny McGinley. What the hell are you playing at, Limo? What the what the actual... What? Come on. You wanted to a high draft pick. We want to finish on top of the ladder. And yet, what are you bloody Hawks playing at? But, well, I'll tell you what's happened. Uh, Jeff Kennett sacked Alistair Clarkson. And the payback is that we go from pick one to pick six. Yeah. I'm not happy about it. Oh, and by the way, Limo, have you heard that uh, there are, I think, my mate uh, who's a draft nerd told me that there are five really good picks this year and then there's a drop down in the skill. <laughs> so right now you have gone. So uh, where we were on Saturday morning, you just needed to lose. You would have got one of the best young kids going around. Now that you've, you've just absolutely ruined everything, go sit don't, in the corner, Lima. You don't have to remind me. Uh, this could be an appropriate time to bring in our replacement, Tess Armstrong, this week. Uh, he is a man <laughs> who actually understands what it's like to play football at the top level, having played uh, with Footscray, I should say, shouldn't I, Danny? Damn straight. Uh, and, the, and the Sydney Swans. Neil Cordy, welcome hey. to the pod. Thanks, Lena. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, a long time ago, though, I must say. You know, very, very long time ago, I strapped the boots on. But, you know, the memories were still there. I had your footy card, Neil, when you were a swan. And then I used to watch you on, on Channel 10, you were for ages, right? Yeah, yeah, What's 15 tonight? years on Sports Tonight. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But Another now one you're that's, uh, bit in the dust. You're up on the Gold Coast. Uh, you, you told us you're ultimately retired, but still, still writing some stuff. Who are you writing for these days? Well, I write for the Bulldogs Past Players, which is a uh, newsletter, which is a uh, thing close to your heart. I, I do recommend, I don't know if you're on the list, mate, but I recommend you get a read because we've got uh, a good group of, uh, of journos there ex- and who are doggy supporters like Michael Stevens. Uh, former Herald Sun man, he's a regular, uh, Ross Brundrett, uh, who used to be a regular columnist at the Herald Sun as well and and originally back in the uh, on the uh, Western Times. So you don't need to have been a past player to get on this, like past <laughs> Bannerman, is that enough? <laughs> oh, mate, you're, you're, everybody's welcome, mate. Everybody's oh, welcome in, in, the, in this mob. Except Alistair Clarkson. Uh, Except... Uh, Okay. I mean, seriously, that's that is pretty funny. I mean, that's that's the first time I've seen a reverse tank in uh, in a long time. Yeah, it really is a reverse tank. And Neil, I've spent the whole year cheering for us to finish bottom of the ladder to get a high <laughs> draft pick. We were on track. Everything was looking good. North Melbourne started playing good footy, so we might be able to slip below them. And then. <laughs> Bloody Kennett decides to terminate Clarko's contract a year early. And then what happens next? We yeah. start playing out of our skin. It's a disgrace. 
it is this is Clarko's farewell gift, uh, and uh, yes. it's it's a beauty. I think the AFL Integrity Unit will be taking a look at this. They haven't seen anything <laughs> like this, you know. Teams playing on their merit for the four points, you know. They haven't seen anything <laughs> like that for twenty years. <laughs> Not down at the bottom of the ladder, they haven't. Do you so, think maybe I mean, there was a theory that uh, you know Alistair Clarkson gave so many coaches their you know their 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 start in life, including mm-hmm. Luke Beveridge. Maybe this was a thank you by Luke Beveridge to the great man Alistair Clarkson. Hey, I'll let you win this one. <laughs> Uh, so you can go out on top since you gave me my start. Is that, could, could we look into that? Did Bevo tank? Yeah. Okay, Danny, I'm just going to ask you, Danny, I'll ask you both, Danny and Neil. Um, out of 100, what are the chances that Luke Beveridge is going to hand over a game of football, <laughs> especially <laughs> to Alistair Clarkson? Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, that's a 1,000 to 1. Yeah, yeah, but it's still, then it's still a chance, Neil. <laughs> You're telling me there's a chance. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't been able to enjoy a Hawthorne win all year. But I must admit, as much as I hate the idea of us climbing up the ladder, I did kind of enjoy that on the weekend. I just saw I was able to revel in some green shoots at the, yep. uh, at the club, but I still... Neil, can you believe that Hawthorne have allowed this situation to happen where we're getting rid of arguably the best coach of the last 30, 40 years? Yeah. And he's, it's just crazy. It's, having looked close to Anne, I'm on the Gold Coast now, but I've had the last 30 years in Sydney and seeing the transition from Ruse, who was there for a decade, break the premiership drought, then on to John Longmire. It was about as seamless as she can get. And now we've seen both Hawthorne and Collingwood who've, uh, you know, they've just blown up the uh, blown up the boat. Uh, I've never seen, I haven't seen anything like that for a while. Yeah. How, yeah. The, how did Ruse and Longmire get it so right? Because no one, I think mm. there will ever be a succession plan ever uh, again after this. But we uh, have mentioned on this mm. pod they got it right. What did they do right, Neil? You're you're the investigative yeah. reporter. Uh, but the, the number one, the number one thing is that Ruse was happy to go. He he subscribed to the David Parkin theory that after about seven years with the one playing group, the message starts to wear thin. And he was, and he'd been there for uh, close to, it was about eight years, which is roughly about that time frame. So that's the number one ingredient, that there has to be a road out for the exiting coach. And clearly we we haven't seen that here in the case with Alistair Clarkson and Hawthorne. We didn't see it with Mick Malthouse and, and Nathan Buckley either. That's the first thing. If, if the exiting coach doesn't want to be part of this thing, then it's never going to work. And and that's the, the problem right now. And people are just reveling in it. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, well, that's what happens when you get four premierships. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, well, you know, you, get, you develop a bit of uh, built-in, uh, you know, bad taste. We just need Sam Mitchell now to turn out to be the greatest coach of all time. <laughs> and then well, he's only going to win four premierships. That's all he and has to Jeff, do. And then Jeff will be able to say, I told you so. Yeah, it's going to take a while. Gonna happen. 
Oh, that's a lot of pressure on uh, Sam Mitchell because, as you say, Neil, okay, seven years is when a coach, uh, you know, should move on. That means uh, Bevo should uh, probably leave at the end of next season. So uh, hopefully we yeah, have run that one by then. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Liam, so that means we've got seven years of Sam Mitchell and in order to be better than Clarkson, he has to win five of the next seven flags. <laughs> I mean, can he do that? Yeah. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that's in our seven-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> 200,000 members, uh, continued support from the Tasmanian government. <laughs> the Dingley facility will be finished. We'll be, we'll be firing on all cylinders. So, but what about, so just forgetting about Hawthorne for the moment, what about the Bulldogs? Mm, you mm. could have finished top of the ladder for the yep. first time mm. ever, ever, I believe. Was it the Forever. Time? Ever? We've never done that on top, mm. yes. Mm. I, th- I don't um, know about... Neil, do you go I'm, for the Bulldogs or are you a Swans man? Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm both, uh, obviously because of, of um, you know, the, where I started out and, and Zane playing for them and... and uh, uh, or for those people that know, he's Zane's my nephew. That's Brian's son. Uh, so I've I've got close connections because I've been I've spent the last seven years at the Swans, and then spent about the last twenty five after that reporting on the Swans out of Sydney, and then of course GWS. I'm more closely linked to uh, to the Swans than I am to the Bulldogs, but. It's, you know, the longer you go on in, you know, if you play and you work in the industry, um, you get connections to, I reckon I could name, uh, you know, five teams that I follow closely. I, I follow, I've got the Swans are number one, Bulldogs are very close second, but then I follow the Giants because having watched, spent all that time and watched their first 10 years, yep. Um, you, in, in Sydney and, and in Queensland as well, you tend to barrack for the code because you're up against the, the monster of, of rugby league in both those states. So that's why I follow, you know, a broad range. And being in Queensland now, you know, you keep a close eye on what the Lions and, and the Suns are doing. Here's so, Neil, my question for you then, because the Swans, as much, uh, now I, I'm really not a fan of the Swans, or Geelong, for that matter, to two things you I should You've never declare. mentioned this before, Liam says. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People who listen to this podcast every week are right across those two. <laughs> However, I do see Sydney and GWS, to a lesser extent, as the Smokies of this final series. Oh, yes. Yeah. If, if Sydney and uh, the Giants had to play each other in an elimination final tomorrow, mm. who do you mm. think would win? <laughs> Really good question. And, and uh, do you know this, if they did, and that's a real chance that that's going to ha- happen, yeah. uh, that, that would be the third time that they've actually played off in a final, which given that you've actually had, that's there's only ever been one other non-Victorian derby uh, that's actually played off in the finals. Frio and, and West Coast have never done it. Obviously, the Suns and Lions have never done it. But Port and Adelaide did it once in the early 90s. But this will be the third time in, in, uh, in the first decade that that's actually happened. And the Giants are 2-0 and the form they're in right now, and, and also given the fact that both the Swans have lost uh, Nick Blaker, they're in good, good nick, 
do you know what? I've got, I've got a leaning towards uh, the Giants. Huge. If, uh, mm. if they met uh, tomorrow. They are in such red-hot form. You look at the... Um, well, yeah, let's talk about they... Friday night. Uh, we go... So, Taranto was unstoppable and amazingly, yep. Neil, um, this... Even though it was played behind closed doors, this had a bigger crowd than the last time GWS played Richmond. It's <laughs> 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 <Yes>, good. <laughs> did you end up tweeting that? Did you tweet that, Danny? That yeah, I did. It mostly got. Uh, it didn't get too much, but you know, hey, you just keep rehashing the jokes <laughs> yeah. until they. Until yeah, they feel good. You got to chuck it out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good get the. Um, but they, they've been phenomenal. Uh, you know that win at Geelong was one of the greatest wins I've seen in, in a long time. Five day break, eight changes, been on the road. Yeah. They when they left home, that's two months ago. They left home thinking they're going away for a weekend and they haven't <laughs> been home back to Sydney. And gee, it's unlikely they'll go back for another month at least. And well, maybe that's maybe that's bonded the group. Neil, yep. maybe it's brought them together in a in a sort of unexpected way. But then, but also, I'm just looking at their injury list now. So mm. the players who have got a TBC or a test next mm. to their name, so potentially coming back in, Caniglio, Brent mm. Daniels, Phil Davis, Jeremy Finlayson, yeah. Bobby Hill, Toby Green, Jacob Hopper, mm. Adam Kennedy, Daniel Lloyd, Sam Reid. Hopper played last week and, and uh, one of the uh, those others that you mentioned played last week against Richmond. But it's it's a um, phenomenal uh, performance to have that. I mean, Toby Green's the big one to, to come in because he's such a, yeah. uh, you know, such a, a match winner. Um, and you would not like to – actually, you'd like, not like to meet either – the Swans or the Giants in that first no. week. If it's uh, it's they're just in um, in really good nick. Well, one thing that's separated the two teams uh, in the la- the last two weeks, uh, as we say, GWS have been amazing. Sydney lost; uh, they, they won on the weekend. They lost the week before. The theory is um, partners have been allowed. Partners and families have suddenly joined mm-hmm. the bubble, and GWS yeah. have gone up. And the swans have gone down. Now, this shows that uh, mm. having loved ones nearby, uh, okay, let's, let's not beat around the bush. Having sex has made GWS play better and it's made the swans play worse. Yeah, very good observation. Thank you. Danny, you are across, uh, you're across everything. So yeah, if yeah. the if the Swans play the Bulldogs in the finals, I will be uh, I will just be calling every sex worker in Melbourne to lay. <laughs> I know where the Swans are staying. They're staying at the Coma in South Yarra. I will be sending every stripper I can afford. <laughs> All right, uh, it's an interesting theory, Danny McGinley. Thank you. Uh, I suspect both coaches. I mean, these days the coaching teams. Uh, the footy department, they analyse every statistic imaginable. So I'm mm-hmm. sure this will form part of their analysis uh, <laughs> moving forward and they'll yep. be all over it. Um, but, Neil, looking at the final eight here, and we'll sort of get back to the game shortly, but I yep. honestly think on any given day, any one of those teams can beat any one of those other teams. I feel like yep. this is about as close as the top eight has been in years. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree with you more. I mean, looking at you go into this last round and there's 
I've got marks in nine games. There's six games of consequence, you know, where yeah. they're playing for uh, everything's up in the air. The, the top, you know, the top four's not settled. The top position, first and second, isn't settled, and certainly seventh and eighth aren't settled. So to have that scenario is is a, a reflection on the season that we've had, and which is as you say, just unbelievably uh, close. Um, who, do you, who do you have? In, have you guys played with the ladder predictor? Who do you have sneaking out? I've got, I've got Essendon and GWS making the eight. I don't see... Uh, yeah, me, yeah me too. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm the same. The destiny's in their own hands. And you think, well, the Giants have got uh, Carlton and uh, who are the Bombers got? Uh, They've got Collingwood. they got Collingwood. So on form, you've got to say that... Um, they're not going to drop those. So those other games be- become academic to some extent. Well, um, I could Chris, see yeah. Collingwood upsetting them if, and this is controversial, mm. but if they brought back mm. Buckley for one last game, as <laughs> coaches always do well for their last game. I mean, he beat the Demons, who are now on top mm. when the, yeah. in his last game. If he comes in, that's and, and to take out Essendon would just be a, a he just it would just cement Buckley as an all-time Magpie hero. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that. I like that the um, poor old Terry Wallace didn't get a uh, farewell game at the uh, Bulldogs, as you well remember. Yes. Uh, so uh, it's it's in the long shot category. <laughs> yes. I think it's a good idea. Now, you, Neil, you good played idea, with but... Terry Wallace at the Bulldogs? No, no, I didn't. I'd gone to the to the uh, to the uh, Swannies by that time and then he came back. But I, I had a lot to do with Plough actually over the years, just through different um connections in the media he yet. Oh, hello. He still nice there. To there for a <laughs> um yeah yeah he, he studied uh phys ed at uh, then Footscray Institute of Technology back in the in the late seventies and so and then we sort of kept in contact at different different uh times over the years. But um yeah, and of course he was uh, destined to go to uh, the Swans, but he never made it because the Swans uh, chose Ruse. Yeah, and, it, was, uh, it was absolutely like, awkward that whole uh, scenario. I think it, it deserves its own deep dive, which we probably don't have uh, time for. But I reckon that that's that's going to be a good thirty for thirty one day. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I think I think the uh, and I think part of the deal with uh, with uh, Plowers that you know. He got a contract, a non-disclosure contract <laughs> as part of that, which I reckon would have been locked up pretty tight. That, that might be an issue for him. He was my he was my favourite player at after Peter Knight's retired, he became my favourite player at Hawthorne. And I always yeah. wore number 16 wherever I could um, mm. because Terry Wallace had number 16 and it was always covered in mud. Uh, mm. And I miss the muddy days, Neil. The grounds oh. are perfect these days. <laughs> did you in, did you have a favourite muddy ground that you played well, on in the eighties? They were all muddy, Lemo. You didn't. Yeah. It was sort of. Uh, it's funny. I, I was disappointed that I never got to play at Glenferry Oval, not uh, because I actually played. Mm. They had an under fifteen state carnival, and that was the one game that I played at uh, Glenferry Oval, and that was a, a genuine bog. Uh, and, and had no wings. As, as you, know, you virtually you could kick it out on the fall and put it on the uh, on the railway line from from that ground. But that was, <laughs> yeah, that was that was 
even though it wasn't a, a you know VFL slash AFL ground at the time I played, I do remember it well for being a true bog heap. We're hopeful yeah. that the AFLW team will play at Glen Ferry just because we want to we want to go and experience Glen Ferry as as fans. Yeah, well, you can't get much closer to the action if you're on the wing. You can just about reach out and yeah. interfere with the centre bounce if you're on the wing. Oh. If you're standing on the train platform, it's very possible. So not a COVID safe venue. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely not a COVID safe. Oh well, I would I would love to see a game there. And how? What are your What are your memories like of the? The footy's very different now to what it was like back in the eighties. Mm. Yeah, and there was, you know, it was a it was a pretty rugged affair, wasn't it? Through that period, I know Hawthorne released a DVD called the Oh the the scintillating eighties or something. I can't remember. Mm. And it just the knuckle oh, went yeah, on. Yeah. It yeah. was just it's actually it was- hard to believe watching it now. Yeah. Yeah. The 70s were, I got the tail end of the 70s and that was even more brutal. They were sort of, if you could believe this, they were actually starting to clean the game up in the, in the <laughs> 80s. But, but it was, it was, uh, you know, it was hard. It was hard. And there, there was, you know, particularly for the, the big guys, um, you know, that, uh, you know, guys like Jeff Saru and, and, Carl Dittrich at the end of their their uh, you know careers, they were really hard hard blokes, and anybody had to go. Neil Barn was another one who was really hard. It was just um, it was pretty brutal. There's no doubt about it. And the concussion well, with that regular feature. <laughs> well, in the the <clears throat> when people say, "Oh, how brutal was it?" This the story I always recall, which as told to me. Uh, mm. by players who were on the ground. At the 71 grand final, Peter Hudson was leading for the ball. Cowboy Neil roundhoused him in the side of the head, knocked him mm. out cold and split his ear in half, and wow. Peter Hudson didn't even get a free kick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. Good yeah. fair play, uh, I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Play, the, the, um, play on. I- Here's, here's a, a, a concussion aside uh, story about a, a Bulldogs teammate of mine called Wayne Foreman. He got knocked out at playing the Hawks at uh, Princess Park. Typical thuggery from the yeah. Hawthorne Footy Club. Not surprised. <laughs> well, Neil. you know, just pure coincidence, Danny, that it happened <laughs> yeah. to be uh, the brown and gold. But Wayne went to, got KO'd. And it was pretty close to uh, Royal Melbourne Hospital. Went there, got checked out. Then the, the, the Bulldogs official drove him home to Maidstone and he was still in his footy gear. And he went inside and switched the radio on, made a cup of tea, still in his footy gear. And he's listening to 3KZ and the Bulldogs and Hawks game is being called. And that's when he realised that's the game he was actually playing in. And he thought... <laughs> I better get back to the ground so I can let them know what's happened to me, but I'm okay. <laughs> so this is true. So we've got we borrowed his because his car's still at Princess Park. He borrowed his dad's panel van and yeah. and drove to Princess Park. Got there at right on three quarter time, and so he could walk. So the gates were open, so he could walk straight into the ground. 
went into the ground in his kit, you know, he's just had yeah. sneakers on, went to where the Bulldogs huddle was and leant over the fence. Don McKenzie, who was the Bulldogs coach, saw him in the crowd, went over and said, how are you, Wayne? And he said, I'm okay. And he said, well, that's great because you're coming back on for the last quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He played the last quarter. And he said he, he, he didn't have his boots. Somewhere his, his boots were still at the hospital. He ended up wearing Gary Dempsey's boots, which were about size 15. And he said they were literally <laughs> like clown shoes. And he ran around in the last quarter and got seven touches and played out the game. It was the most insane thing I've ever heard of. Unbelievable. And he probably can't, he probably can't remember much of it either. No, exactly. Well, and played next week, of course. Well, I had, I was lucky enough to uh, meet John Kennedy Senior a few times, Neil. And one time I was interviewing him, and I said, "Do you had a different approach to concussion back in the day, didn't you?" Mm. And we were talking specifically about that Peter Hudson story, and he said, "And there's just such a classic response." He said, "Well, Limo, to kick a football." <laughs> You don't need beautiful eyes or a handsome face <laughs> or perfect ears. You need two legs. <laughs> that was the wasn't it? That is magnificent. What a great story. That's up there with yeah. Jonathan Brown uh, when he, uh, I think it was in one of the uh, one of the grand finals that they won, obviously, uh, you know, he, he ran into a pack and smashed up his uh, face and then said, I want to get back out. And the doctor said, no, no, you, you might be con- concussed, so you shouldn't risk it. And he said, I don't run on my face. Let me get back out there. <laughs> I, just, I don't run on my face. That's so okay. <laughs> No, he landed on it a few times, though, old oh, yes. Brownie it's over the years. Okay, so the Giants are looking pretty good and could cause a bit of damage in September. Uh, Richmond, Neil, is it breaking your heart that Richmond are out of the picture? <laughs> no, you know what You know what it's like with being a Hawks supporter, you know. Everybody else loves success, you know, and especially when it's, you know, confined yeah. to one club. You know, it really does breed popularity amongst the rest of the club. So, yeah, ter- ter- terribly saddened to see uh, Richmond yeah. in a state like this. Yeah. No, uh, weirdly, that- though, Richmond are still flag favourites. Absolutely unbackable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, right. that's, where the, that's where the smart money is. Yeah. Get on them. <laughs> Uh, all right. Now, the, uh, the next game, well, we've kind of discussed that as well, is Hawthorne's disastrous win over the Bulldogs. Yeah, no, play on. Mm. Um, you yeah. know, we're missing we're missing 10 of our best 22 players. I said play that's on. That's how hard it is to take these days. Half a team, we still can't lose. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go on to the... Uh, Next game of the round. What is the next one there? So I just pull it up on my screen here. Well, you can go Port v Carlton or Geelong v St Kilda. Geelong St Kilda. Now, right. I was really, I was barracking hard here for mm. the uh, for the Saints, of course. Get out of town. Really, Lemo? You yeah, wanted yeah, Geelong to lose. <laughs> I know it comes as a shock. But I just, you know what? I'm losing sleep, Neil Cordy, over mm. the distinct possibility that right now Geelong could be flag favourite. Oh, no, they are, mate. They are. Oh, Richmond yeah. are, but then, then Geelong. Yeah. 
I just yeah. the thought of a Geelong premiership just makes me shudder. Yeah, well, I mean, they were they were in a position to win it last year, in a really good position to win it in the grand yeah. final, and uh, enter Dusty Martin. So Dusty Martin out of the picture, and you'd say, uh, I mean, with with the, the inclusions that they've got. Um, you know, Sean Higgins, uh, Isaac Smith, and, and uh, Jeremy Cameron. You got to say that they're uh, they're a better team. So you get Jeremy Cameron, particularly get back there. I mean, there is a there is a, a Stewart's a big loss from their defence, and we saw that yeah. against the the Saints last week that they are a bit vulnerable, and it means that Blitzabs against the tall forward line would probably have to go back there. To, and so they'd be robbing Peter to pay Paul to some extent. So that's probably the only chink I see in, in Geelong's armour. You know, all, taking all, you know, multiple All-Australian uh, defender out on the eve of the finals, it's it's impossible to uh, to fix. How's this, Nemo? We got, we got actual analysis here. We got a guest who's like talking about other teams' gameplay. I mean, my only note from this was how fun David Roden was as goal umpire. This is, this is why we brought in Cordy. <laughs> so it's nice to get some actual analysis on this, uh, on this podcast. Yeah, yeah sorry um, about that. And, and the Saints are just, gee, you wouldn't be a St Kilda supporter for quids, would you? No, nah. just no. the worst they can't follow them. So much. They've yeah. they've got like we have a thing Neil called the depressometer. You know, measuring who's yeah. got the most depressed fans. St Kilda can't even win that because Carlton exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are truly in no man's land. Uh, you know, as a yeah. team, before. I've got a lot of Saints supporter mates, and and uh, yeah, I feel their pain. They uh, have just one game to go for them, and it's back to Mad Monday, where they do some of their best work, to be fair. <laughs> Too true. Too the true. St Kilda yeah. Football Club. Yeah. Uh, then the next game, I'd say, what, a, well, this was an absolute pantsing. I think at one point, did Carlton lead by two or three goals at yes. one point in this game? in the second they quarter. Did, yeah. And Port kicked 19 in a row. I've got yeah. two things that, about this. Uh, if, uh, first of all, we were denied Eddie Betts getting a final goal from the Eddie Betts pocket in, uh, yeah. at Adelaide Oval. He didn't, sadly didn't get a goal. But, you know, everyone's going to be bagging, off, bagging out Carlton here. I say kudos to the Carlton Football Club because they are doing some cutting-edge strategic marketing sponsorship integration stuff. Okay. Now, oh, yeah. uh, what did what was Carlton's score from goals in the uh, in the second half? Carlton zero. zero. They are promoting a non-alcoholic beer through their own oh, okay. scoreline. This is amazing stuff. This is why they will get back on top very soon. Danny, I don't think promoting non-alcoholic beer is a, a pathway to. Uh, <laughs> gathering gathering fans. Hey, Limo, you forward. show me in your blueprint for success. Where does it not say to? Pro- where does it say not to promote non-alcoholic beer? I mean, yeah. this is the this is the club of John Elliott for crying out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they no doubt they would have spoken to him, but could you see Clarko coaching uh, Carlton next year? Yeah. Well, if where would you go? That's a good question. Where would Clarko go? Um, to, uh, I, if either the, um, 
giants or sons jobs came up, I think from a pure list perspective, um, that would be a, um, you know, there's a lot. Well, and, and the giants, I, I think, I, I don't think Leon Cameron, I think Leon Cameron's done an, an unbelievably good job, yep. you know, to get to three prelim finals, a grand final, um, and a couple of other finals performance and they and they're gonna make it again this year after spending two months, you know, as as nomads. So but I mean if if it if it turned you know if I was Clarko, they they look um more attractive, you know, from a playing list point of view than than um than Carlton does at the moment. It'd be a long term project if he went to the blues, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah take yeah, you'd think so. If I was Clarko, I'd go to the Suns, definitely. Nice weather, mm. um, exciting young list, and you'd live near Neil Cordy. I mean, come on. There you go. Like? Yeah, <laughs> you could golf with Neil Cordy on the occasional <laughs> afternoon. Oh, we got to do that. Uh, yeah. All right, let's have a look at the uh, next game here from the weekend. What have we got? Oh, Brisbane, absolutely paired. Two floggings, weren't they? Brisbane mm. um, belted uh Collingwood, well, Collingwood have put the cue in the rack, haven't they? I was worried, Neil, that Brisbane without Hipwood yeah. would just, and they did struggle for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. But Joe Danaher they, really stepped up uh, yeah. in his absence and, and that they'll need that to, uh, you know, continue in September if if they're going to have a chance. But Joe, Joe's, you know, for, you've got to remember, it's... He was out for a lot of seasons, so to be getting back and playing consistently good uh, football, he hasn't kicked a bag. He hasn't kicked, a, you know, seven goals or anything like that, but he's been consistently scoring goals and being a target up there, and, and uh, he's uh, he's a key for sure. I, I think for just going on to Collingwood, uh, I think it was a shame they didn't play uh, Anton Tohill Uh Who's a uh, you know, great young Irishman? Do you know much about him, Neil? Not a uh, great name. Great it is name, a great but, name. Uh, don't, know, don't know much <laughs> about him. But one I, of I, our I active listeners, yeah. who's on the Patreon, uh, Germid, uh, sent me a thing about his father. Now, his father was a legendary uh, Gaelic footballer named Anthony Tohill, and uh, he won. Who did he play with? Uh, he won. Trophy, yeah, you know, the grand final that they have over there with Derry. So he played for Derry. Uh, anyway, and mm. then Sir Alex, he was actually got drafted to the Demons, but he broke his leg. So he never got to play for Australian rules football, went back to Ireland, got a call from Sir Alex Ferguson saying, we yeah. see how strong you are. We want to give you a trial at Manchester United. And he lasted wow. 10 minutes. <laughs> And but the reason he only lasted ten minutes is because he was playing with the first team, and uh, he almost broke three other legs uh, out there. He took <laughs> out a Russian guy called Kanchelsky uh, with a tackle in a just in training, and Kanchelsky ran over to Sir Alex and said, "Get this off the field before he kills someone." <laughs> and Sir Alex said, "Yeah, mate, I think we, we've got is... too much work to do with you. We'll send you back to Ireland." That's a great brush with frame. That's yeah. Cool. So they, Collingwood needs <laughs> to be playing that mad bastard son. Yeah. Well, maybe he'll get a run this week. But the uh, Lions are finding a good bit of form uh, mm. leading into leading into the what finals. Are they? Who or are they just playing the Collingwood this week? Or 
Well, Collingwood mm. are rubbish, but at least they've still kicked 140 odd points. Yeah, okay. Fair you good. can only score in Yeah. And they've got the Eagles this week, and the Eagles are having a mare, so they should have another good mm. win mm. Uh, this week. But will it be enough? Could it? You, they're going to have to have a massive win, and Daddy, you have to get flogged. No, it's not. It's not a flogging. Drop spots on the ladder. No, it's not. It's not that bad. It's only like uh, fifteen points each Is it that close? Yeah, mm. I've been playing with the ladder predictor and uh, getting a bit nervous. Mm. Uh, who? Oh, you've got Port. Oh, gee. Yeah, exactly. You could finish fifth. Yes. And oh. how's this? This is my nightmare scenario, and I hate to even say it out loud because you know I don't not want this mm. to be a self fulfilling prophecy. We finish yeah. fifth. Essendon finish yeah. eighth. We become the first team to lose to Essendon in a oh, final no. in 6,000 no. days. You know, whoever loses to Essendon first, like, you have to be kicked out of the league. You have to be the, – yeah. the board has to be sacked. <laughs> the coach has to be uh, sent to prison. I really want Essendon to make the finals just so they can lose another one. <laughs> <laughs> in, that, in that first week. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's crack on through the rest of the games. Uh, Sydney – Got up over uh, North. Not exactly a uh, <coughs> 26 scoring shots to 17, so they did it relatively comfortably. The big loss for the Swannies out of that was Nick Blakey, the lizard. Uh, he's done a syndesmosis, uh, and he'll be out for the rest of the year. So he, he yeah. gives them a lot of run on the wing and, and uh, off halfback as well. So Why they'll miss the him. lizard? Have a look at his shoulders, uh, Danny. Okay. Next time you'll see it. they're very well. They're not broad. Let's let's put it that way. All right, I'm <laughs> happy with that. Yeah, we love a nickname yeah. here. Yeah, it's a good one too. When you actually, yeah, when you see, you can see where it comes from. That's for sure. Uh, everyone's talking about um, uh, uh, Sarong's uh, goal, uh, but I want to shout out Cameron Zerhar's opening goal in this game was absolutely mm. amazing and is worthy of getting a fair few replays. Uh, as well as as well, so everyone just check out the highlights on AFL dot com. It's the first goal, obviously. It's amazing. Yeah, I, I love Cam Zerhar as a player to watch. He is just so dynamic and explosive. He's sort of, he's like a a Tony Modra type, you know, very yeah. powerful, not not tall, but you know, really explosive. And and uh, yeah, you're right. That was a great goal there. It was good, and this locked in the ruse for their seventeenth uh, uh, wooden spoon and their first one since the seventies. Which means, Limo, um, you go now up to second position for the longest drought of wooden spoons, which really must be weighing heavily on your mind. I mean, it's been fifty-six years since Hawthorne won a wooden spoon. So who's who's had the longest drought? Who's had Geelong. the longest wooden spoon? Sixty-three really? years. Yep. Swans are coming third what, now, 27 years. Mm. We won a lot of wooden spoons. Oh, yeah, you're still high on that. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. Although Port Where's Adelaide never won one at all. Where are the Saints, Danny, on that uh, ladder? <laughs> it goes uh, North Melbourne have won the second most. Then there's about a light year of daylight and then the Saints. <laughs> yeah, the Saints are cl- pushing yeah. 30 these days. Wow. Yep. Wow. But a seven-year yeah, draft. They haven't won it since 2014. Come on, Saints. You can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Uh, all right. So, Neil, yeah, are you happy, even though they've lost Blakey, are you happy mm. with how the Swannies are shaping up heading into the finals? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, they rested Buddy last week, and and uh, it was a good it was a good sort of warm up because they're going to have to um, you know start getting used to life without Buddy. So it was good a good they've had a few opportunities certainly over the last year or two while Buddy's been out to actually start um, you know working on a a different Ford setup and and um, you know they've got the the makings. McLean looked really good and and. Heaney and Papley are re- Heaney's so a really uh, difficult player to match up on uh, because he's so strong in the air and and equally dynamic on the ground and is a genuine goal kicker and, and Papley's just a super small forward so they're actually they're actually in pretty good shape. Another easy win to Melbourne over the Crows on Sunday. Um, I didn't really watch much of the Sunday action, I've got to be honest with you, Danny McGinley. No, you didn't um, miss much. <laughs> oh, well, no, yeah. the Derby was one of the games of the year. We'll get to that. Um, I didn't watch this live. I saw the highlights uh, afterwards. But I was, uh, Neil, I work on a TV show called Have You Been Paying Attention on Sunday. So I'm in studio with Rob Sitch, one of the producers, oh, big fantastic. Melbourne fan. And you should have yeah. seen the panic because we can't watch the game, but he's got his phone and he's just getting score updates during the record. And just the tension. We're going to get Rob on as a guest test very soon, but he was just still expecting the worst. Now, I'm actually trying to think here as an exercise, what would be the worst scenario for Melbourne right now? I mean, obviously you could say straight sets exit in the finals, but I'm thinking what if they win it? over in Perth, so their fans don't even get to see it. And then just as <laughs> they lift the cup, uh, they get smacked on the back of the head WWE style and Freo <laughs> claims the first premiership. <laughs> well, there's a, well, there's a question, you know, if a tree falls in the forest, you know, did it really happen? <laughs> you, know, if a flat, you know, the trophy's held up in Perth, did it really happen? You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Would see that would be a... Cr- a hilariously cruel blow for Melbourne yeah. fans <laughs> if they, they broke the drought in bloody Perth. Uh, anyway, let's hope for their sake that doesn't happen. Uh, and then Essendon flogged the Suns. Yeah. Um, How good Stringer. Oh, it should Stringer's, be all Australian this year. Definitely. Yep. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know he's in good form when he's passing. He's not just going for goal with every kick. He's actually passing. So, yeah, he's on amazing form. Well, the, the, the other thing as well as he's kicking goals and kicking, I think he's close to 40 this year, it, he's, he's such a weapon in, in the centre bounces. Yeah. You know, he's a clearance monster. Whenever they need a lift, um, they just throw him on the ball and put him into the middle and, and get instant results. Yeah, you know, he's he's had a super season. Well, let's go to the uh, last game, the Derby over there in Western Australia. Uh, And Frio have done this, although 17 scoring shots to 19, but they did it pretty comfortably, didn't they, Danny? No, it got really tense at the end, Limo. The Eagles got within a goal, and then uh, uh, Sarong scored literally. If this doesn't win goal of the year, then then I'm, I'm not here. Sure, it, the ball went out of bounds a couple of uh, couple of seconds before he kicked the goal, but it was just so amazing. Right. And everyone's also t- kudos to Anthony Hudson, who just had the great one. Of, like he's done that. I see it, but I don't believe it. This is up there. He says, "You have every right uh, to not believe in something like that." And then, of course, he makes the "so wrong, so right" joke. It's great commentary <laughs> from just such a great goal. 
and Frio fans are absolutely uh, up and about. And uh, I, do you know what's weird? I was talking to a, a friend, uh, Cam McLaren, a, a Perth comedian, big Dockers fan, and he says uh, when, even though it was a Frio home game at the Derby, it's always a 50-50 crowd, uh, no matter yeah. whose home game it is. And do you know what's weird right. to us Victorians is he's always freaked out when it's a 50-50 because he's so used to being in the majority at every footy game he goes to. Yeah. So, well, Frio this week then, they have to beat the Saints, which they could well do and will probably do. Yep. But then they need either Collingwood to beat Essendon or Carlton to beat the Giants. And neither of those yeah. things are going to happen, are no, they? So not, I think no. it might be... No. God, Neil, imagine the pain of having to, to, to rely on Carlton winning. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wouldn't want your house on it, that's for sure. The, uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. I think it's going to be, yeah. Well, the, the, Giants will, uh, the Giants will win and Essendon will win, so it'll, they'll put them out of their misery. I think they'll be okay. But, I mean, Frio, they'll, they'll hang on to that. Uh, that victory uh, over the uh, how many was it on the trot that they'd lost? Is it nine, like eleven? Or... I think it was nine. Nine, okay, nine, yeah, it's like eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, for a while. Yeah, it had been a long time. Um, so, well, another big week ahead of us before we uh, now. Is there a, have they decided yet whether there's going to be a week break before finals, or are they going to go straight into them? I, I think they're going that. straight into them. Yeah, which will make it difficult for fifth through eighth to uh, it'll be back to the good old days where the top four had a, a really big advantage. And, uh, you know, I think they just want to plough on with it so they won't be having the break. So all the more important that uh, the ball, the doggies beat Port. Yes, we need that. <laughs> They're talking about having a two-week break before the grand final, which would mean two weeks' worth <laughs> of grand final events, which I absolutely love. I'm... Oh, you know, they, they, I know the parade's been cancelled, but hopefully we're out of lockdown and there's, you know, just parties and stuff and sportsmen's nights and uh, places where you could book uh, certain comedians to come who love footy and talk about <laughs> these games and maybe recoup some money for that they've lost over a couple of lockdowns. By the way, we have a Patreon, everyone, for just uh, five bucks a month. You get a bonus episode every week. Uh, Danny and I are available for gigs in grand final week. Oh, yes. Um, uh, now, Neil, uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us this week for the pod. Very quickly before we let you go, who's who's your tip for the flag? Yeah, good question. I, I um, it, it's I, I'd love to see Melbourne get up, yeah, not for yeah. the reason, not because of the fact they're going to play it in Perth and and they'll uh, <laughs> miss out on on seeing uh, it. But it, it's you know it's premiership droughts. We're talking about grand. Uh, Wooden spoon droughts, but you know when they when a premiership drought breaks, it's it's such a you know we saw as Daddy knows what happened in two thousand and sixteen, and then I, I saw it a few years before that with the Swans and a yeah, seventy two year drought. Yeah, it was a good it was a good run. So they they you know they they bring so much happiness to so many people, and and I'd I'd love to see that. Um, you know, Melbourne supporters, uh, you know, get to enjoy that. Once Lima had to wait, well, was it was it seven years for another flag left? <laughs> well, as I as I mentioned on this podcast before, Neil, my five year old son hasn't seen a premiership yet, and it's really starting to <laughs> it's really starting to bother him. So. 
Yeah, all right. Well, fun. on that note, uh, <laughs> thank you all for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Please don't forget to write a review of the podcast. Give it a rating. That helps people to find it. And buy a T-shirt, and, uh, by the way. We've got T-shirts now. Oh, Check yeah, it out. League Tees have made one. It's got our faces on it. It looks great. Uh, a whole bunch of colours. Get on board. Uh, they are very cool tees. Uh, Neil Cordy, thank you very much. We will let you uh, hit the links wherever you're off to for a <laughs> for cheeky 18 holes. Good stuff. But much appreciated. Thanks, Lomo. Thanks, Danny. Thank you, Neil. Go dogs. Go, dogs. Go Hawks.